Hey everybody, we are back to discuss the topic that uh, Cynthia has laid out for us. Thank you for joining us for this extended section bonus episode of Is It That Mother Frickin' Deep Though? So go ahead and take it away. Perfect. Okay, so the topic today, it's a little more of a serious topic, but I think it'd be helpful to kind of have a conversation about the whole idea behind check on your strong friends. Uh, because that saying has been said online, actually, it's been said in general for years and years and years, especially in response to when, you know, unfortunately, somebody passes due to suicide or someone is experiencing a lot of depression. People will say like, OK, well, you know, this is a reminder, everyone check on your strong friends. They may not be as strong as you think. Check on your strong friends. And I don't mind that saying, but I think it means more than that. And I kind of wanted to talk with that, talk about that, especially in light of the recent passings of Chelsea Christ and Ian Alexander Jr. There's just been a rise or a surge of deaths by suicide, especially in the Black community. We see it in kids too. And I think that kind of speaks to the importance of like having these conversations. So I just kind of want to start off with like, have you heard of the phrase, Joy, check on your strong friends? And like, what does that mean to you? I've never heard it put like that. Just, you know, the 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 words check on your friends, which don't mean anything. People just right. be saying anything. Yep. <laughs> I mean, check on your friends. Uh, <laughs> cool. What does that look like, though? What right. do you mean? Are you saying check in when you haven't heard from somebody? Check in to make sure they're all right. Mm-hmm. Is this only the friends you actively care about? Because I think we do that already, right? right. Is it just check on anybody you're linked to? anybody just so you know they're okay Mm -hmm. and i think that kind of goes with the point that i want to make about not really liking that phrase because it doesn't really when people say it it sounds it has good intention but it sounds empty because it's like what does that mean like okay i've heard people describe it as like okay you want to check on your strong friends because they're strong and they may seem like they have everything going on on the outside or that they're good but they could be struggling on the inside which is true right but i i wonder why it has to be your strong friends why not check on Either your people in general. And when we say check on your people, we have to be explicit about like what ways are we checking in on them, right? It's like out of convenience, mm-hmm. out of just general, like, you know, wanting to check and see how they're doing or also understanding like what is happening in their lives or like the systems that they're in that are caused that might be causing them to feel this way. Right. And- I think when we say check on your strong friends, it, it your strong friends are the ones who are not likely to tell you that they're hurt or upset mm-hmm. yep. or like the friends who've been taught, like they're not allowed to be sensitive, that crying is a, a sign of weakness. Yeah. So they'll never let you know what's actually they would never come to you and be like, I'm having a really rough time. Like I need company. I can't be alone. Mm-hmm. So it's like that strong friend that you think has it all together or you don't think has any issues, check on them anyway and be like, how are you really doing? Like, really? Right, exactly. And I think that kind of goes with like making sure that the check on your strong friends thing isn't just like an empty like, hey, how's it going or something like that. (laughs) Not like how white people were checking in on us during George Floyd. Oh my goodness. Hashtag check on your black friends. Check on your... (laughs) That was one of the most bizarre things that I've ever experienced. And that just made me feel worse. It's like, why y'all feel like you need to check on me? Bro, I'm the only one. A guy that I used to date but hadn't talked to in like a few years mm-hmm. texted me out of nowhere like, hey, how, how, how have you been lately? And, you know, just... And like he literally actually kept it to a time period because this was during the pandemic. Yeah. But also you know, a couple weeks or a few weeks after George Floyd. So he never said George Floyd. He said, how have you been the past few weeks? And also the past few months since March, 2020. Like he literally was like, (laughs) 
<laughs> how have you been because this man died because of the police state sanctioned <laughs> violence and also like is the pandemic getting to you i don't know like i didn't even respond <laughs> yeah 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 because that i just mean like see and that's kind of what i'm talking about it's like you're either reminded because of some external or something that happens in the world to do this but it's like if that person's not on like your not your roster but like in your Rolodex of people who you want to check in on because you actually care about them, then what's the point of even doing it? And I think that kind of speaks to like the power of social support. And I've actually been reading a lot about social support, hearing a lot about social support, and I've studied it before. And it's really powerful. And I think that especially when it comes to like checking in on people to see how they're doing, it has to come from a place of like, okay, I generally want to check in on them because I support them. And there's if there's anything that's going on in their life, or even if there's nothing going on in their life, and they're just like out here existing, I support their existence. And I want to kind of see what's going on in their life, because that Mm -hmm. is something that's like really powerful. And even with related to um, the passing of Chelsea Christ, when something that is like really unfortunate and just like TikTok is actually I haven't been on TikTok in a couple in a day or two, which is crazy. I know you haven't because I sent you dozens of TikTok. Really? Yeah. OK, OK, then I'm going to go on and get addicted again tonight. As soon as we get off this recording, I want you to look at the last two I've sent because I literally was like dying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. OK, yes. Because I, I told myself, I was like, I need to work on this freaking draft. But because TikTok, I mean, it's been an addiction. Um, so I'm glad it's great I for it. your mental health though. Like it's really good. Self-care. It is. It's the dopamine that you need, but then you literally can be on TikTok. Like I'm gonna be on TikTok in five minutes, and you can be on there for an hour. Easy. Oh, I pl- I pl- I uh, I set aside that hour before bed. <laughs> TikTok time. <laughs> TikTok triple T. Okay, but Chelsea Christ. Her yes. last name is pronounced Christ. I just read it as Christ. Oh, is it Christ? I apologize. I, I no, I have no idea. You might know more than me. You know what's really eerie is like literally she was trending because she had passed, and then yeah. I opened TikTok and her TikTok. Say. You saw the same one where she was talking about mm-hmm. something about being a lawyer, why she's no longer a lawyer, yeah. and how she had found more passionate things to work on. And yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. And that's just TikTok's really algorithm. I lucky kind of think that they might be pushing her stuff to the mm-hmm. forefront. Because I was like, nothing I watch relates to any of her content. Yeah, and I never saw her before. Yeah, I think they know who to, like, put in people's, like, because she's a trending topic, let's put her. So even with Ian Alexander Jr., um, who's Regina Regina King's son, I actually don't know much about his history other than the fact that it was, it seemed like it was just a very shocking discovery to learn that he had passed and i really hope this isn't the case from what it looked like to me that the family kind of learned that he had passed from the media like either the shade room or like a media source had like blasted that out before the family had an opportunity to make this make a statement i don't know this is just based on that one episode of the read right well those are two different things like okay they i think i believe they knew they didn't find out through the media. Although, okay, I mean, cool. how many distant cousins might have found out through the media? Who knows? Right. But like it was that they hadn't obviously like it had just happened. Who even knows how much time had passed? Like probably yeah. not even a day or two or three or whatever. Right. So like they didn't they weren't trying to make a statement just yet. They were obviously living in it. Right. And so to have it already come out through the blogs and then have to be like, you know, y'all people. I, I don't understand why they would even does that have to put out a statement because people are talking about it like cool, cool y'all can freak out for a few days while we are freaking out in our real lives right whatever but anyways yeah they i guess they had to rush and make a statement because of the blogs so in relation to you know checking on your friends mm-hmm. when you think about these two people how does that relate i bring up these examples because each time these 
stories come up and these were the most two, like these were the most recent examples, that phrase comes up. Like people will tweet like, okay, we'll check on your strong friends, rest in peace, this person. Like, okay, you guys, you got to check on your friends. And that's where I see that phrase popping up. I mean, I can't speak to what their friends or family members could have done because that also is really like a, I would even say that's like a problematic thing to say. It's like, well, they didn't do enough. People in their life didn't do enough. It's like, we don't know the whole situation. But I think that in response to these passings, the phrase pops up. And I think that we need to have a conversation like, okay, well, great. What does that look like? And what, and why is it important? Because I feel like sometimes people just tweet the phrase and like, okay, I've done my due diligence or I've texted like two people. And one thing that I know from just really quick from like research is that social support is really powerful, especially when it comes to decreasing depression, especially when it comes to addressing a host of different mental health outcomes. And I remember even like this week, I had a lecture or a seminar where the professor was talking about the power of social support for like older people and like the like elderly people and stuff like that. And instances of elderly, ab- elder abuse and instances of like anxiety and depression among old people who were in like they were in therapy and they were in group counseling and they had were taking medication for it. The single thing across all this, his name is Ronald Turner, across all his studies that worked the best was social support, literally like building in opportunities for them to leave their house and meet people or talk to people who they knew or like have their kids or their grandkids call and check on them. And that's like one of the active ingredients in helping support their mental health. And that's something that I found in my research too. So I was just wondering what social support means for you or what your thoughts about it or things like that. Right. I literally was going to be like, what is social support? Oh, okay. Because it sounds like it just means having a community around you or something like with those old people. (laughs) Um, it's about like, I don't know, you'd have to (laughs) explain it to me. Yeah. I mean, social support is literally that it's like connection with other people and and being in social interactions that are meaningful, not necessarily like, I mean, there's different levels to it. There are like meaningful, like um, there's preventative social support. And then there's also social support that it boosts resilience. Preventative social support is like, you know, if you grew up in an environment where you kind of had a community around you and you, you had adaptive social interactions and things like that, that will reduce the chance that you'll develop mental health problems later in life or even currently not all the time but it helps and then resiliency by social support is like okay if you're already in, if you already are exposed or are having challenges that have to do with mental health and things like that if you're able to increase the amount of social support that you have opportunities to have social interaction with other people um that decreases the likelihood that you will continue to have those concerns when it comes right. to depression stuff i don't know how to get more engaged in social support or how to tell anybody else too because we're in a pandemic yep you can't if, if we're talking about like intimate social support, like friends, I mean, family, just trying to reach out to people like that. And the, mm-hmm. if you don't have a close knit family, I feel bad for you. Like, I yeah. honestly don't know what it's like to be in a family where like your siblings or parents don't call you at least a couple of times a week right. to check in or to talk to you about anything. I don't know what that's like. When it comes to like external social support, you know, outside of the family, maybe friends, maybe like a, a group you go running with, uh, biking with, things like that. A lot of those activities aren't my cup of tea. So I don't even know like how I would form a social group. I think I'm kind of just waiting until I move <laughs> to worry about mm-hmm. meeting a new group. I've already kind of resigned myself to like, Austin is just not the tea and I'm over it. I'm over yeah. making it work. But I guess for other people, it's about if you feel safe trying meet up that app maybe or like mm-hmm. um get a dog and <laughs> go to a dog park and <laughs> find hopefully your dog finds a clique of friends that you can get cool with their owners i i really don't know how people find 
actual support, like people who are consistent and can sense when something is off with you. I've been around friends where something was off with me and they didn't fucking notice it. Like they did not know. They're not, not everybody's really intuitive or emotionally intelligent. There are plenty of people who just want to have fun and keep it light and talk about fun things. And they're not really trying to hear you weigh them down with like how depressed or anxious or tense you feel you know mm-hmm. so it's it's really hard if you have people that you can talk to like i've felt like i've had you mm-hmm. for, uh and you are basically a therapist so like i'm <laughs> really lucky to have someone at least you but you're not even the only one but mostly you who i can go to when i do have real feelings because yeah. before i i was that strong friend before where i was mm-hmm. like i gotta keep it all inside like nobody's gonna save me like i really just gotta figure it out and if i can't take it down the road like that's just what's, I mean, you know, like, you know, if anybody else gets to that point, but where you're like, literally, if I got to that point, who would notice? Right. Who would save me? Who would stop me? Who would check in? Like, mm-hmm. I've had friends where I'm like, I could literally be on the brink of that type of emotion and you wouldn't do anything. You would never know or whatever. And it's an intense feeling to have. And for a lot of people, the pandemic has just made it worse. Yeah, definitely. All your coping mechanisms that you might have had that included being social and going out are now done. And so mm-hmm. if you live alone or you're at the house alone, you know, you you're literally alone. There's not too many people that you can pull in when you need them. Right. Which I think is like why this type of conversation is important to have, because it's like not just like, OK, either you have no friends or you have no connections and you do. And I think especially or you don't. I said the same thing twice, especially now in the time of COVID. And I think also it's like we're growing older in our, you know, becoming adults and stuff like that, like social support changes and the type of relationships that you have changed from when you were in like college or high school or whatever. And there's just varying degrees of it. And like, oftentimes it's not satisfactory, especially across all different types of people. And one of the things that can help at least when thinking about like, okay, social support, we know it's important, but like right now I'm moving or right now I'm in isolation because of COVID or right now, like I don't get along with people who I know, or I can't trust people or things like that. Like uh, I don't have any social support. It's really demoralizing. And I think broad what that type of support looks like too can help. So the, the ways to do that is like, there's four different types. There's emotional support, informational support, tangible, tangible support, and then affirmational support. And like emotional support is like what we usually think of when it comes to social support, knowing somebody who will understand us, like accept us, calm our fears and things like that. Um, and the support obviously is helpful because it's emotional. It's based on intimacy. There's also informational support where it's like being able to receive that support in terms of like different information that you enjoy, like from the news or like this one, I'm not, I'm on the brink with this one. Cause it's like, you know, watching people online or like reading an article or like getting support from informational topics and things like that um because you may not know the person but if you read a book and you feel like really tied to the book that's kind of supportive in that way or you read engaging content online and it helps you because you can relate to it that's kind of supportive then there's tangible support where it's like you're getting a tangible service you know that you want and that type of support is very practical um but it can help because it's like okay i'm not alone because i can ask for help when i need it then there's also like self-esteem support where you're kind of engaged in something where you feel respected so if like you can get social support from doing something for someone else like contributing to someone else volunteering or doing like a service project or something um and then belonging support which is like being able to think about like okay in the grand scheme of things we're all in this together um and that just like comes from 
from the research and I feel like kind of thinking about different ways that social support can help when it seems like, okay, right now I'm in isolation, so it's hard to get that type of support, but we can look at it in different ways. I really don't like having to lean on other people. Mm. I feel like there's got to be some sort of way to like teach people to cope and figure it out. Because not to say... I hope that I said that correctly. Because mm. at the end of the day, you cannot always have somebody there for you. It's just it's not true. possible. Yeah, I can't not. I can't always have somebody I know who will answer my phone calls anytime. Like, right. You have to have something in place within yourself, whether that is, you know, medication, whether that is therapy that you've already been, you know, investing in yourself in some way right. so that you are already actively working on how you can get yourself out of there. And if you get to a dark place, what tools have you been taught right. to like work through that? Because you cannot rely on support from somebody all the time. It is so yes. great if you have it. And it's great to like see if you can find it. But the times that I've tried to seek out support company friends whatever because I was like not ready to face myself deal with my own mental issues or whatever and so I was like I just need to be around people I need to have plans I need to have friends that made it worse because then when those people aren't available there's nothing to distract me like Mm -hmm. uh, like, (laughs) you're all over the place so like something I think in addition just needs to be in place also at the same time be working on something you can do within yourself yeah definitely definitely because it's like even with that study I was talking about with old people, it's like they were in therapy. They were getting medic. They were, they had medication. Some of them even did group therapy. And then the cherry on top was like the social support piece that kind of helped exactly. you know, address those outcomes and things like that. And you also don't want like seeking social interaction to have, you know, basically be secondary gains where like the whole root of it is avoidance. Like you're just avoiding everything and you're seeking social interaction to avoid whatever it is you want to avoid being able to be mindful of that. But I just wanted to bring that up um, because I think that sometimes when we just talk about, oh, well, just check on your friends. It's like, okay. That's good. You should do that, but do it with intention. I think it should also, it shouldn't just be a statement of check on your friends. It should be really dig in there. And yeah, I get it. Check on your strong friends because those are the ones who might not crack easily and want to tell you things and literally be like, how are you for real? Like what Mm -hmm. is really happening? How are you feeling? That is a question that really opens people up rather than how have you been? How are you? Ask them real things that cater to their emotions and then ask them how you can be there for them. I think that that's the root of check on your friends. Why am I so dry? I just feel like- I don't know. I, I feel it too. I think God. I'm so I was really cold when I got home and now I'm hot and I need to put on my humidifier. I need to like refill my water. Like I feel like I'm coughing up dust. Like <laughs> packing. Like when I wake up in the morning, <laughs> my skin is peeling. Dude, oh my gosh, my skin is so dry. My lips are super dry. My lips are chapped and crackly. Yes, and, like it's literally, the winter. I'm peeling off layers of skin yes, from my lips. It's not just me. It's winter. <laughs> I like. I have a little. It's not even a humidifier. It's just a whatever it's called. The the something. I need to get a humidifier. So, what I need to get that a do? real. Is that like, like about? I don't know. Add uh, moisture to the air or something. That's so funny because you would think who wants that, but I need it. I need it. I need it. I have a <laughs> diffuser. Okay. So I have a diffuser that kind of acts as a humidifier because it just like pumps up steam. Maybe it does both, but it's good. And I'm just like, man, I need a big one because I had a big humidifier in Chicago and it was great. What did you do? You didn't. Is it too big to bring with you? Yeah. And it was old. I had it for like mm. three years. So it was old and there was like, 
mm. nonsense in it. I might have to ask Amazon to hook it up because I'm like, yeah, mine was I'm tired. I slather my face in extra virgin olive oil every mm. night and still wake up to like dry flakes on my skin. Like, yes, my yes. skin is just sculping it down. Like, <laughs> like no, I just look at the toilet. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you wake up and you're like, oh. I, I'm like a mummy. I'm literally like, <laughs> <laughs> so ugly i hate it it's so annoying I'm just like rose hip oil almond oil i'm gonna try oh. olive oil i guess but i also oil my pillows when i see you even listing that kind of shit so ever since i got into skincare like uh circa 2018 2019 yeah 2019 whatever 28 whatever whenever i got into skincare like before then my skin was usually pretty good so i went years without being like i need to have a skincare routine whatever sometimes i would wash my face at night sometimes i wouldn't Mm -hmm. i wasn't really wearing foundation too much my skin wasn't freaking out and then one day i i guess i had an anxiety spell mixed with like my period was coming or something so like i just could not stop breaking out and ever since then that's when i started getting that expensive shit like that mandela pigmentation shit that's when i started now at this point i'm literally like take all my money yeah take it i will i will money gone yep invest in skincare i'll do it i showed you that that charcoal thing that i got it as a i got it as a free sample when we went to ulta right because i spent so much and i'm like this shit lit this shit got all the good shit in it and so i go to buy more and one ounce is like i i bought it so one ounce is like 39 dollars wow one ounce and three ounces is 86 dollars. but see i I get excited when i see that expensive price so because i'm like that means the shit works it means it works so yeah my skin has been amazing since i've gotten into skincare like i don't get random breakouts at all anymore No, your skin is great but the issue is that i'm like why must i live under the shackles of this when men get to walk around and literally uh, what they wash their face with a bar of ivory soap or ivory something ivory soap it's, <laughs> they, put, they don't put moisturizer on their face sometimes they don't even put lotion sometimes they don't do any like why must women live in I such know. such bondage of consumerism like Dude, literally i, oh, I can't paid almost 200 dollars at sephora last weekend oh really yeah because of all this i had to get my toner i what else did i get i got like a setting spray i got a powder so some of the stuff i mean i didn't need the powder honestly you could have said i got a couple makeup brushes and some q-tips and i'd be like yeah it adds up it was it like four or five things and it got to that. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And the lady normally, cause I have, I have hella points. And I was like, can I use some of the points as like a, you know, whatever. She's like, no, you can't do that. I was like, I've done that before. Why can't I do it now? Cause I was kind of being, it's like, okay, the points are going to, you know, take the edge off, you know, a little bit. And it did. <laughs> the like, points are, I, do they only work online? They don't work in the store. Oh shit. Maybe. Why would she tell you no? I don't know. But I was like, and even then I was like, normally you don't even have an ax. They just do it. Yeah. The points add up to money and then they will tell you, like, I think with my Ulta account, I checked, I have like 14 bucks yeah or whatever so i'm waiting because i know every time i spend i must spend at least a couple stacks so for me stacks are hundreds they're not <laughs> please don't believe that they're okay. thousands so no. <laughs> okay i've spent a couple thin stacks and end up getting so i'm just like waiting on it but yeah i spend so much and like just thinking about so i'm into skincare i'm into getting my nails done mm-hmm. getting my lashes done yeah like 
Can you imagine if I was into like hair care like that? Like if I spent money on expensive shampoos and conditioners and hair masks and serums and oils, like the amount that you can be into your skin as a woman, you could literally pick any part of your body and be into it in that way. That's true. You can be into pedicures and manicures and getting your nails done. You can be into going to the hair salon, getting deep like these different treatments, getting what yep. you can be the same way about waxing. You can get laser yeah, hair removal. Like yeah, I want to get there that as a woman, you can literally take any beauty thing about yourself and like literally to the nth degree, like literally get to like Kardashian. I can't say their name right. Oh, Car- Kardashian. I don't know why I said it that way. Kardashian <laughs> levels where you're literally like have a point like you go in more than you go to the doctor to like literally I'm, I'm sure like twice a month they have. OK, we're knocking out. So waxing, facial, yep. uh, vampire skincare treatment, oh uh, laser hair removal, eyebrows done, microbladed. Uh, well, like I'm sure like all Everything. the things that they have to do to themselves to look like that, getting their fucking silicone nipples rotated, shit like that, like getting their butts pounded by the doctor to make sure the fix the flat doesn't stiffen up, like whatever things that they do where it's like you gotta upkeep this now like yeah you can't just do it once and be done you have exactly that to me is like the the millionth degree where it's like literally every single thing on that's how you look that perfect but every single part of your aesthetic is like a regiment that you put much much monies (laughs) many monies into Mm -hmm. and i would love that's what's sad and sick it's like i'm like i would love to get there but it's so it's like do you need sometimes i start to think so bitch if there was an apocalypse and you had to live in like a tin shed in the woods for a bit like what would you end up actually looking like like what do you (laughs) you would decompensate you would just decompose I would literally just (laughs) like away in the ashes like like when the wind comes and it blows it would blow my skin off my bones like (laughs) because it would be like all of the things that I pay for to look nice are now gone and oh god imagine but yeah I guess that's my deep think (laughs) (laughs) no that's real no that's good that's good that's literally what it is I think about like okay well I guess I'm getting my nails done for the rest of my life because I love it I guess I'm getting my lashes done for the rest of my life because I love it. And I just need to get, I want to get laser. Can't afford that now, but I want to do that. But I would have to keep that up too. Like I want facials. Like it's just Mm. like, it keeps going. Meanwhile, some Mm -hmm. people are just like, I use three in one and ivory spring. (laughs) And maybe they're like, they're good. They're not freaking out about it. I'm thinking about getting, I'm thinking about getting my eyebrows. Oh, I wanted to. I'm not doing it anymore. I wanted to get my eyebrows waxed and tinted. You had said you'd gotten yours laminated and I was very close to like just. I wanted to, but now I use edge control and it almost works. Yeah. I'll just do that until I can afford it. It's a quick fix. It's a quick I, do, I was I was about to start searching like, where can I go to get this lamination thing done? And what yeah. is that? Like, I didn't even know the specifics. And I was like, I should look into getting it done. It was, because- I, <laughs> so good because it literally because my eyebrows are curly. Mm-hmm. So it literally straighten them all. And then you could just like flick them up and have the like the, the Zendaya. It's brow. so scary how oh. society has made women. We are chasing perfection. I know. Always. So hard. And men do not like the the most I've seen a man care about the way he looks is like him deciding if he wants to do a mustache or a beard. <laughs> like right him. and then maybe like you know a lineup or something yeah like literally their haircut just haircuts literally yeah. just like line up and if he like what kind of haircut do i want and then like do i just want a mustache or do i want to add a beard because you know beard is makeup for men so it's like <laughs> 
it's literally like just those two things. I've never seen a man be like, I need to like get exfoliating gloves because I, I feel like I could, you know, brighten my skin a little bit more. I'm yeah, like kind of crusty around my ankles. Let me <laughs> just figure out what I can do. Oh, a heavy moisturizing cream for my face would be great. Let me like men don't they don't mean what maybe they get cologne every now and then like a Givenchy if they're feeling fancy but like yeah so those three things cologne and that's like not even most men wear cologne anymore but it's cologne it's when they get it as a gift yes <laughs> or when they're just bougie like that and they just oh that's true and actually I, you know what I respect it I would actually rather it that way when men it. wear cologne and it's like a good cologne there it's few it things them. few so things the, sexier when you're walking past a man and you're like oh my gosh it's so good. unfortunate that that it's that easy and they still can't do it, it they can't but again like where in society are there even commercials for men to wear perfume like what <laughs> cologne are there, yeah, even, yeah, are there even commercials catered towards any other than razors and again we already said beards so oh, razors yeah. are are commercialized or targeting them like in commercials yeah. but like what there's literally nothing else no type of treatment or re- beauty regimen that men do other than their facial hair their hair on their their hair yeah. like on their head and and cologne if they want it and that's not even a regiment that's literally just like a spritz and you move on with your life right they don't even reapply it's not fair i'm not saying it's not fair because i choose to do it because i like it mm-hmm. um i like I it too wish, yeah i like looking nice i like i like looking, looking nice. i don't care what the reason i think i look hotter this way is I think I look hotter this way. So I'm going to keep like doing it. it. I'm going to keep doing it. I like and it. I will never be the person to be like, I will just like, I don't need to prove any, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I'll just walk around barefaced and looking ashy because that's how I was put on earth. It's like, <laughs> you know, God created makeup to you. And he said, let there be blush. Let there be highlight. Yes. <laughs> highlight. <laughs> I, that's the title of this episode. <laughs> this bonus is let there be highlight. Yes. Um, and I just I wanted to say that I'm finally in a place and maybe it's because I'm almost 30 that I am not so concerned. I like to feel hot. Like I like to think oh, that yeah. I'm attractive mm-hmm. and it's no longer anything to do with men. Like it's no longer to yes, do with I dating. Agree. I literally used to be like, I need to work out and always be on some sort of like restrictive diet mm-hmm. because I need to have a flat stomach or a per- like the closest to perfect kind of body that I can have so that I can attract a man exactly. and be good enough for him. Like when he guess with me like i need to have all my shit tightened together so that he will stick around mm-hmm. or whatever and now i can promise you that that is not true and that you can literally have the hottest body ever and men will still like right fly away so that's now why it's I, different when you do it for you yeah i'm doing it for me and also like i'm not doing it to that same level anymore because i should be allowed to eat bread like mm-hmm. what i went so long without eating bread i've gone so long without feeling like I can just eat what I want because I'd be like, I can't eat bread. I can't eat dairy or cheese. I can't eat meat. Like I need to like, you know, be more restrictive so that I can lose weight. And it's weird. Cause I mean, thinking about going on vacation, I am back to thinking like, wait, do uh, I, it's like those, the, the things come, the thoughts come back of like, they do. I'm like I can't be eating bread because I'm, I should be going to the gym every single day now. Cause like, I only got a few weeks to get together before I have to be on a beach or something like, <laughs> cause like, but any body you're in is a beach body. Like, so stop telling yep. yourself that a beach body looks a certain way. That's true. I think that's a good way to end on it. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. I don't think that's, that, that's our episode. That's our episode. That's cool. Be- 
Yeah, I think that's good because I feel like my entire topic was just a big deep thing. We were thinking the entire time. Yes, yes. You came with the research and the the psychology terms. So <laughs> everybody, that is the end of this bonus extended extra episode of Is It That Deep? So we will see you next time. <laughs> next time, yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.